This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. Weirdos, rejects, and free spirits, welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. This is Mackie filling in for my the host, Mom. I... So as always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual stuff. If you are new to the Coven of Rejects podcast, welcome. If you are an OG and you are returning, what the fuck is up? Welcome back. Happy to have you here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about two shops and give them a shout out. And then I have announcements today and it feels good because it's been a second since I had personal announcements to give you guys. So first of all, those of you that are OGs know this, but those of you that are new may not. I had this long-term goal of being able to send out guest boxes for every podcast guest that I have on the podcast, thanking them for their time, the energy exchange, and thanking them also for sharing you know, personal details about themselves and their journey and their craft. And I found Kim Dunn over at the Other Side Spirit Shop. And if you guys want to get to know Kim and her husband, Ryan, you can actually listen to the episode Paranormal Witchery because they are ghost hunters and Kim is also a witch. And so she talks about the various ways that she incorporates her craft into witch hunting. It's a great episode, but she has helped me make this vision come to life. So Every week she listens to the podcast episode, we talk, and she intuitively picks things from her shop to send out to the guests that can help them and assist them with where they are in their spiritual journey right now. Everything in her shop is super reasonably priced. It all has great energy on it. Some of my favorite items are her Bessums. Actually, that those are my favorite items. Her Bessums altar brooms are beautiful they are i have one on my altar i have gifted others they are absolutely gorgeous and i highly recommend that you get yourself one please go and check out kim's shop at the other side spirit shop.com and then we are sponsored by my absolute favorite coffee brand lost trail coffee they have five different flavors and not only are they delicious but i'm going to tell you how you can incorporate them into your magic practice okay so my favorite flavor is the red mountain sumatra and this is the flavor that you're going to use if you are coffee scrying it's full body and it's earthy so it helps you ground while you're opening your third eye and your other senses and helps you to really be able to focus and it illuminates messages that you haven't been seeing. Hell's Revenge is great for those who are doing creativity spells. It has hints of hazelnut and hazelnut is for inspiration, granting your wishes, wisdom, and luck. Old School Joe, this one to me tastes like, it's like classic coffee. It tastes like Folgers to me. 
without the bitterness. But I recommend the whole bean old school Joe for cleansing your tarot decks. You can keep beans inside of a drawer or inside of um, a satchel or a sachet or whatever you use to hold your cards in. These beans are going to cleanse your deck of negative energy. The Rubicon Espresso I recommend for energy attraction and affirmations. It has hints of milk chocolate, which represent the heart chakra. For balance, raising your emotional vibration, friendship, nourishment, and self-love, this is something that wherever you are on your journey, you can easily incorporate this. You just stir your coffee in the morning, speaking positive words about yourself, what you're wanting to exude and attract that day, and then you absorb that energy as you drink your coffee and you give your pe- yourself peace to set up the day. And then 40s French roast is my recommendation for keeping away nightmares. You can burn the coffee like incense to keep away negative energy and spirits and nightmares. It's a full body dark roast, so it makes the smell more potent, which makes banishing spell work more intense. So those of you that are wanting to add a little extra heat to your spell work, this is going to be the perfect coffee for you. You guys can all get 10% off anytime that you use code COR dash pod and the link and the code are in the description wherever you are listening to this episode okay so my personal announcements i am going to be enrolling for another round of the personalizing your craft class things that we discuss we're going to be discussing building closing and personalizing a circle learning about different kinds of circles and their purposes recognizing, labeling, and researching intuitive gifts, individualizing spell work with an additional focus on how to use magic and energy in a discreet way for those of you who are in the broom closet or you want to subtly practice at work or while you're out in public without drawing attention to yourself. We will be discussing dream interpretation, protection magic, and the various ways and how to choose what's best for you. And then we're also going to have basics in astrological terminology and having an astrologist joining us for that. Something that I want to make sure you guys know is that this class, the classes that I do, they're not just for witches. Um, This is for personalizing your craft and your spirituality. So an example is doing circles. It's not only a witch thing. I have had Christians in my class who have applied different energies to opening up their circles and they open up a circle calling on angels and God. And that's what my classes are for is to talk about where you are right now in your spiritual journey and teach basic fundamentals and things and help you to individually be able to apply the information that I'm giving to your own practice. So you don't need to be a beginner witch. You don't need to be an advanced witch. You don't even need to be a witch. You cannot know where you are on your spiritual journey, but you're wanting to learn different things. And that is what this class is for. It's a completely zero judgment zone, just like the podcast, just like everything else that I do. And it's designed for teaching and for learning things from the very basics and just teaching you the fundamentals and teaching you how to apply them. 
I promise you that nobody else does it the exact way that I do it. And I actually am uh, doing these classes with Ryan, who you guys heard from the episode uh, TPV, Team Psychic Vagina. <laughs> um, that is my person. That is who does these classes with me. I promise you that if you have wanted to take these classes, give it a shot. You will not regret it. If you are interested or you have additional questions, please message me on Instagram seems to be the best way to get a hold of me or you can send me a message on my website. My Instagram handle is the same as TikTok, Gemini underscore goddess 420. And then my website is covenofrejects.com and you guys can send me a message over there. And speaking of this, I also limited the mentorship tier on Patreon. So I'm only accepting a certain amount of mentees at a time. Those on the crone tier get first priority when a spot becomes available on the Shadow Queens tier for mentorship. So if doing mentorship with me is something that you have been interested in, then you're going to want to sign up for the Crone tier on Patreon. That way you can be the first to have the option to upgrade your membership and do mentorship with me. And if you want to know what mentorship entails, you guys can contact me in the ways that I just told you about. I have given everybody a 5% off merch. So if you guys go to covenofrejects.com, I have a lot of different merch options. We've got hoodies, shirts, beanies, blankets, candles, all kinds of sweatpants, all kinds of different things. And you guys can all get 5% off by using code WITCH3. So it's the word WITCH with the number three. There is no minimum purchase amount. You can use that code for absolutely anything. And if you guys tag me in videos on TikTok that I can duet, um, tag me in pictures and put it on my Instagram, whatever, I will shout you guys out on my social medias. I really love seeing everybody wearing all the merch and You guys ordering the merch and supporting the podcast helps me to be able to expand the podcast, be able to travel to other guests and do better in-person videos. Um, And of course, the goal has always been to make this a traveling podcast and be able to go and sit in on ceremonies with permission and post videos on Patreon and give an experience to people who may not be able to ever experience it in any other way except on video. Um, so that's really important to me. So if you guys want to support the podcast, you can go to covenofrejects.com, check out the merch. I've got all kinds of things from like just Coven of Rejects merch itself to fuck your Jesus with an upside down burning cross. So we can be real clean and nice with it, or you can get fucking dirty with it. (laughs) You choose. To be able to watch this episode, previous episodes, future episode interviews, you can sign up to any tier of the Patreon. It is available to all tiers, and the link for that Patreon is in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast episode. This podcast episode uh, definitely... 
I recommend not listening to around your kids. We do have a trigger warning on there. The beginning is no problem, but we do get into some really personal stories and details. And there are discussions of suicide and murder and a few other things. So I just put a trigger warning on this episode. Please don't listen around your kids unless you are comfortable listening around their kids and then do whatever you want to do because I'm not their parent. You're their fucking parent. I'm just giving you a little disclaimer because, you know, people would be mad if I didn't. So here we are. Um, At this point, I feel like people should know that this podcast just should always have a trigger warning. Um, It's also a very 420 friendly podcast. So sit back, smoke some weed, have a nice time, enjoy your life, listen to the magic, don't take things too seriously. If you don't agree with something that a guest ever says, that's fine. Keep it to yourself because we don't care around here. We're listening to everybody's journey. And if you don't vibe with it, you don't vibe with it. But I definitely hope that you do. This week's guest is Patrick. You guys may know him as Lilith's son on TikTok. And as we're going to discuss in the episode, that's really hard to say when you have a lisp. This was a really cool interview. I'm actually going to be having him back and we're going to do something additional on Patreon too. This is probably one of the most highly requested guests. Um, There is one who is uh, towing in second, um, but Patrick is the most requested guest. And it was a lot of fun to do this interview. Um, I'm really grateful for the vulnerable stories that he shared. And with no further ado, here is Patrick. Welcome, Pat, to the Coven of Rejects podcast. Hey. Hello. We were talking uh, right before we started the video. I'm like, oh, shit, we need to record because I'm like, how do you want me to call you Patrick? What are we doing? And he's like, you know, I didn't think about Lilith's son when I made (laughs) that name being so lispy. And as somebody who has a lisp, thank you for. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My apologies. (laughs) No. Um. I find on TikTok, there are a lot more people that have lisps than like out in the natural habitat because very rarely do I meet somebody in person. But on TikTok, I notice that other people have their speech impediments. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was a kid, like elementary school, I took speech therapy classes. Yeah. And, and then I grew up and I noticed all these other like gay and queer people also took speech classes and I was like hmm is this a club no (laughs) yeah exactly I think there's a documentary on Netflix actually about that like linking gay whatever why did you have to go to speech therapy for years for mine I was in choir and the choir teacher was like oh she's throwing off the music by having a lisp when she sings so I went to um my lisp is super bad so I actually got my tongue pierced so that it would help my lisp because it makes me hold my tongue back so I don't bang the fuck out of my teeth um But when I was having my son, I took that shit out. I was on drugs. I was like, it's the last dandelion of the season. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do the R's. So I'd say like purple, like for purple, you know, and then like the L's, like if I try to say grass, I would say glass, like the R's and L's were weird. And I noticed that sometimes with some of my videos, it will take me, especially, well, especially if I'm ranting about something, it will take me 
four or five different takes to get everything out in a coherent sentence because <laughs> I'll start tripping over myself. I do that too. Or like, um, especially if it has a lot of S's in it, it I get tongue tied and then I'm like, well, fuck, I got to restart this. Slippery little snake. <laughs> Slippery little snake. Um, so you're probably one of the first guests that I've ever been like, does anybody have questions that like they want to ask him? So I got, um, I, I texted you about this. My one question that I got was, is it okay to touch your hair in public if, <laughs> if somebody sees you? If and they give a little one-two warm-up, like if you just come up to me and try and touch me, I'm going to be bothered. <laughs> if they I want to know how that approaches though. They're like, hey, can I touch your hair? <laughs> Somebody came up to me probably a month and a half ago. We were at Aldi's. I, do you have an Aldi's? No, but I know what, uh, is it like a store? Yeah, it's like a little grocery store and we're up there shopping and some lady comes up to me and she was like, are you on TikTok? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she wanted to take a picture of me. I literally wanted to crawl on the bread aisle like thing and die. <laughs> I was so awkward. <laughs> I've had, um, I live in a really small town in Idaho, but I've had two people at the little grocery store be like, oh, I follow you on TikTok. And I'm like, oh my God, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. And it's like not even trying to be rude to them at all. I'm just kind of awkward in general. I feel, I feel really awkward in person and I don't know how to keep conversations going in person. Whereas like on social media, I can turn my camera off or I can not text you back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I usually send voice memos, as you already know, because yeah. through text, shit can get twisted and all that stuff. And voice memos, you know how I'm saying it, you know? I send voice memos specifically to when people will message me on like Instagram off of TikTok. I'll send them back a voice memo so that they know I'm not a scam account. Yeah. So my other, it wasn't a question, but someone was like, he's been to prison. Did you know that? Are you guys going to talk about how he went to prison? And I was like, oh, okay. So um, I, the only reason that I acknowledge that is because I know that you talk about a lot of personal stuff on your TikTok account. Uh, and I'm like a motherfucker. And I, I'm like, I just said that. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> it's already out there anyway. So it's already out there. But this podcast specifically, like, I'll tell you that kind of stuff that someone's like, oh, like, you know, there's this fact about them. I want to know more. But I never ask those questions of guests to be like, oh, tell me all all this information about yourself. Pardon, <laughs> criminal. Right. Um, <laughs> the way that I that I like to start, though, is I like to ask what spirituality you were raised in. And then how do you identify yourself spiritually now? Okay, so let's say, um, first and foremost, my mother raised me and my brother pretty much by herself. Like we had stepdads, quote unquote, but like she was the one making the money, doing everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She, at the time, I want to say I was like eight, nine, ten when we were kind of going to church at some frequency, but she never pressured me. She wasn't like, if I said I didn't want to go, she was like, okay, you don't have to go, whatever. 
But like looking back on it, being 32 and her being like around late 20s, 30s, like I kind of get her mentality at the time because I'm in that now and I'm really starting to really figure everything out. Um, so we went to a Baptist church in Alabama. Oh, shit. So there's that. But my mother and how she raised us, she didn't hound that into us at all. She was very open and accepting and loving because even then she asked questions too that they couldn't answer, you know? And the older we got, I have an older brother that's three and a half years older than me. And he was more into the Bible study and all that stuff. And meanwhile, I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't even feel comfortable here at all. And I remember there was a little black kid that I used to hang out with. And me and him were like best friends to the point where they would like try to separate us. And then looking back on it, I think he was also gay. That's what I think. But I was at age, like being five, six, seven, I remember being gay. I just didn't know what it was, you know? I do know what you mean. And being in, because like, I'm not from the South, I'm not in the South, but when you are super religious and you're in the South, is there also a level of that, of like having a white boy and a black boy, like spending time with each other? Or was it simply because of the sexual orientation that they thought you guys were leaning to? I think it's a little of both, really. Yeah. Because now, like, you will still see racist people. Like, you'll get looks if you're hanging out with people outside of your race or whatever. I get looks regardless, okay? It doesn't matter who I'm with. It's just going to happen. But if I'm, like, if I had a black boyfriend or whatever, oh, yeah, for sure. That's like a double negative down here. But there are certain areas that are worse. Like Coleman, Alabama is one that I've mentioned on TikTok before. Is is what they call a sundown town is what they call it. And they still are like that out there. That's so gross to me. There was, um, so when I was growing up, I went to, um, so I lived in Oak Park, California. We, I, we lived on, how would I even say this? Like there's one side of town and then there's a nicer part of town. And where I went to school was, I was the only white girl at my school and I made so many friends with different people and all of their, like when I would go to people's houses, everybody was so like warm and inviting to me. And like, I learned so many different things, but then when I would walk down the street with people, that's when I would get like heckled and made fun of. And like grown adults would like make comments at me and stuff. And as a kid, I didn't understand it. Like I had been raised with like being accepting of everybody and like being accepted by everybody. And Mm -hmm. that mindset to me, because nothing ever happened, like nothing physically ever happened to me. It was just like, you know, you emotionally feel some way because you're not fitting in and you don't Mm -hmm. get it. And so I've always taken that feeling when I've thought about like people growing up in the South and having that stuff that shifted on them where it's so out in the open that it's everybody. It's not just a heckler when you're walking around town. Like that's something that people are getting massly. You know what I mean? Right. And there are certain areas that are better and worse at it. Like I said, Birmingham is another one. Birmingham, the crime rate in general is excessive, but there are certain parts of Birmingham that are more liberal than other parts of the state. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally so, does. 
with, you know, anybody and it, it not be an issue. However, there are other parts of Alabama that if I walk down the road, somebody's going to be screaming the F slur at me out of a window just for existing, you know, and to, to this day, 2023, which you're a woman, you already know all this anyways, you know. I just think it like, are there not other things that people can be focusing on right now? Like there's fucking chemicals in water. There's balloons that aren't Chinese that are Chinese. And there's like fake <laughs> shit about like, there, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, there, there's so many other fucking things for people. I feel this way about witch talk too. And I refuse to use that hashtag in any of my shit because you want to have people, you know, in one space talking all high and mighty, and I'm the one who's going to, you know, teach people things, and I'm going to leave the church, and then you're all condemning each other, and people are trying to use their voice, and you're condemning them for using their voice, because I I just, I can't fucking relate to it. You know what's funny is two weeks ago, I made a video, and I was like, hey, like, I'm not trying to be ugly. I just don't want to be tagged in drama. <laughs> and that aged well, didn't it? And then last week happened, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, this doesn't even have any, I don't even have anything to do with this. What is happening right now? And it just turned into so-and-so said this, and they're just still talking about you. And I was like, whatever. I'm not. I don't have anything to do with it. But back to what you're saying about witch talk is sometimes I will use that hashtag on some of my videos and then other times I just won't because it's like, I feel like we need to make a new community almost because that whole witch talk thing is extremely toxic to your point. It's a lot of what you're talking about. It's we need to break away from the church and deconstruct and all this stuff, but it's a more of the same shit, really. That's why I, I have live and let live philosophy with witchcraft or Christianity or whatever I don't care what you believe but when you start making laws around it and you start doing things to me in the sense that I didn't sign off on that's when we're gonna have problems you know I, yeah I do know and I think that I hate the word um like gatekeeping but I think that there's there is a lot of um people want to be like the smartest and the most special at something and so instead of um how would I say this I just think that people don't want their shit looked at and so if they attack other people on a platform first then it takes away from people noticing like what they're doing in their craft that they're not comfortable with and maybe they hey, don't know very much information look at this hand while this hand over here is doing something different yeah mm -hmm. exactly don't got time for it but let's talk more about you so um you were uh you had your friend, you guys were kind of separated in the church. That was your experience. So I got to be about nine, 10, 10, 11 ish. And we kind of finally decided to stop going to church. Like me and my mom did. We would sit down and just have conversations about the world. What happens when you die? Normal things that humans ask with any, any culture, any religion. And my brother, like I said, is a little older, so he's getting more serious in the church. And meanwhile, me and my mom are kind of going this other direction, like, uh, it's not really our thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we kind of broke away from the church and stopped going. 
let me put a side note here. Ever since I was a kid, now obviously I didn't like doing yard work when I was a kid. I don't think any of us do. But I liked being outside. I like hiking. I like all of that stuff. I like camping. And I've always felt drawn just to nature. Like when I thought of God, I thought of a tornado or lightning or storms. To me, that was divinity as a kid. And like, I still see it as that to this day. You know, it's hard for me to put a name or a face on, on God because I battle with myself with being like agnostic. Like half of my brain is like, I need scientific proof of this. I need like a whole MLA, you know, essay written. And then the other half of my brain is like magical and Harry Potter and just fun. So it's a constant battle between those two. But when we broke away from the church, I had already knew that I was gay and I didn't have a place in the church. Now, it's not to say if you're watching this and you are LGBTQ plus that you cannot go to church because I totally think you can and you should. You deserve a spot in there like everyone else does because a church is supposed to be a beacon for the broken. It's not exclusively for this person or that person. All of us can be broken. However, I knew I just didn't belong there. So when I started getting 16, 17, 18, I came out at school to my friends. And I was like, surprise, I'm gay. Oh, the motherfucker sat there and said, we already knew. What are you talking about? And I was like, I thought I was saying something big there for a second. I came out to my mom when I was 18. Now, she's the one that kind of took a minute. It took about six months to fully come around to it. And she wasn't like, oh, you're not gay. Well, she was like, you weren't gay, but she wasn't harassing me about it. She wasn't ugly about it. She didn't threaten to kick me out or anything. How my mom looks at things, she has a very like scientific, factual oriented kind of brain and outlook on life. Like she's been a nurse since 06. So she's healthcare and all that stuff. So I told her and she was like, do we need to go to therapy? Do you need to talk to someone? Are you sure you've always had girlfriends? First of all, I have always had a girlfriend, but we would break up and then become best friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I did football and all the sports and like to my mom, because she was raised in Alabama. Now she had certain misconceptions that she had to deconstruct from like me doing all the sports and that's like a straight thing to do. I was just good at it. I'm athletic or at the time I was. Um, and that's just, it just is what it is. My brother was the real super book smart one, but he sucked at sports. He was super clumsy and couldn't do football. Couldn't do none of that. Whereas I just naturally did it. So she had to deconstruct from some ideas like that. But once I came out to my mother, that was like the nail in the coffin for Christianity for us, me and her. Cause she said, if you're quote unquote supposed to be going to hell, well, I'm your mother, I'm gonna go with you. And my brother went the exact opposite direction. Oh. He didn't talk to me for two years straight. Because you were gay? Mm -hmm. See, there your mom has that like stigma in her mind of like, oh, but you're doing sports. So like you can't be gay. There are so many people. I mean, this whole Jeffree Star thing when he just announced that he was like dating somebody from the NFL or whatever. Mm. It's all of these comments and videos and stitches and like, oh my God, I can't believe it's a football player and like whatever. And 
why, like, what's the, what does it matter? That's what I don't understand. Like, why do people even have to point it out? Right. And that's the thing is she's not like that now, but yeah. back in 2006, 2007, 2008, she just didn't know any better. You know, she didn't have a personal intimate um, connection with somebody that was gay, you know? So for it to be yeah. her own, and I guess it kind of blindsided her. Meanwhile, everyone else in my family was like, we've known he had a fucking Spice Girls poster when he was like seven. So yeah. like, but she came around six months later and we have been best friends ever since, really. I like the progression of that, though, of like her needing to absorb it and then it like changing her thought process on something, too, when you had the like courage to come out as you are and be honest with her. That's when she had a moment to reassess and be like, oh, well, I don't like it when it's put in this viewpoint. Right. And honestly, I was terrified to tell her. Because if you you think I'm a hard ass and I'm matter of fact about everything, I get it from her. I was terrified to tell her. I remember pulling in the driveway and turning my car around facing the out, like to get in the fucking car and go because I didn't know how she was going to react. And of course, she didn't react negatively. She just sat there and said, I need time to to process this and think about it, you know. So I was pretty fortunate. I don't like to say the word blessed. But I'm extremely fortunate to have a mother like her. I think I don't mind the word blessed. I think that it gets used a lot by like Christians and organized religion. But yeah. it's the energy about the way that you're saying the word. Like, I don't know. I like it. I, I wouldn't have thought twice if you'd said it. Well, my thing with it is I'm still deconstructing like my demon series that I'm doing on TikTok. When I first started doing that, I was like, this kind of makes me a little nervous. Like, really? and, and I had to deconstruct from that and research and research. So to what you said with Christians using the word blessed, that's something else that I'm kind of having to deconstruct from and kind of make my own version of that word that make, feels comfortable for me, you know, because if it's something that Christianity has used and abused, then it makes me a little uncomfortable to use myself when I'm not Christian. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Um, yeah. I think that goes along, you know, there, there's a lot of different versions of feeling that way. I think that people wanting to like celebrate Christmas or things like that now too are like, well, but I align with like witchcraft and like being my own God. And this is being taken to celebrate something different. And I think it's the energy that you put something into that you make it your own again. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I like when the holidays, I'll say Merry Christmas, Happy Yule, Bless Yule, Happy Holidays. I use all of them and I do all of them because we'll set up Christmas trees. We set up four Christmas trees this year. Four. I, and, I saw. And we'll do our own Yule stuff, like pagan witchy stuff in there. Yeah. I like that because um, something that I really focus on in the classes that I teach is individualizing like your spirituality and your craft. And I have people who they're interested in like witchcrafty things, right? And like learning about it, but they also are in that similar spot that you were just talking about with, but I'm like deconstructing. And I think maybe I do believe in God and maybe I still work with angels and maybe like that's the energy I want to align with. And so we talk about how to bring in those pieces that like 
when you grow up with something, like when you're in church all the time, even if there's pieces you don't agree with, that's your root system. That's what like your spirit is rooted in. So then to say, I don't align with these things. So I'm going to go balls to the wall and be a devil worshiper um, is unrealistic. <laughs> so I like to, I like to help people with myself. A little guilty of that myself. That's kind of like, I started, okay, I guess this is tying into your original question, but I started my spiritual practice with Wicca back in 2008. And what turned me on to it is the accessibility of it. It was easy to pick up. It was easy to read. It was easy to digest. And some of the like key concepts with Wicca, like a reverence for nature, and they believe in spirits and stuff like that really resonated with me that didn't resonate with the church, you know? So I knew that even though Wicca may not specifically be my path, but that was like my gateway, you know, into paganism. I think a lot of people have um, gateways through Wicca and that's where confusion gets in about Wicca being witchcraft or vice versa, because I've even had other witches be like, oh, because you're Wiccan. And I'm like, I'm not fucking Wiccan. <laughs> First of all, ma'am. <laughs> First of all, I'm not fucking Wiccan. Um, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of concepts about Wicca as far as like nature based that I, that I vibe with. Um, and that's where the witchcraft stuff gets into confusion, but there's also a lot of shit in Wicca that is taken from other practices and they don't give any credit to it. And that's what bothers me the most is if you're going to use something and it's from a different practice, if it's not a closed practice, it's an open practice, just give homage when you write your fucking book and say, I took it from blah, blah, blah. It's inspired by this and made my own. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that stuff, I didn't really even know about until like the last five, 10 years or so. Back in 08, 09, I was like a kid in a candy store with it. I I didn't know about appropriation and stuff like that when I was 18 years old, even though now 18 year olds know about it, you know, because it's, it's, we open TikTok and we're going to see a video on it, you know? Well, and back- we didn't, sorry, um, we didn't have that like growing our craft and and whatnot, we didn't have that. So I appreciate the people who go out and they want to make, and I do, I try to do it with the podcast of educating on their individual practices and being like, Hey, this is stuff that like, don't use these things. And whether they want to share intimate details about their craft or not educating so that people now understand what they shouldn't be touching and we can deconstruct things and um I believe the term is to uncolonize things um and I could be using that incorrectly but I'm pretty sure that that is the um kind of breaking things back apart because everything got so muddied for so long that people's individual closed practices didn't get to stay unique for them and that energy didn't just stay with them right correct And that's something else is I didn't know that about white sage, like being a white person that I wasn't supposed to do that three or four years ago. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that's when I started growing my own sage and doing my own thing. So, but I didn't know that about the white sage thing up until recently. And I was like, I was doing that for so long and had no idea about it. 
when I first started the podcast, um, it's an episode that I don't have up anymore because the person asked me to take it down, but we had a conversation and she brought that up and I was like, I've never heard that before. Like, I'm going to need to research that. And I came back the next episode. And in the beginning, I was like, yo, like we had this conversation. This is the information that I learned that, you know, whatever. And like apologize and move forward. And that's what I want to offer with the podcast is I have had Native American healers and root workers and brujas and stuff on here. And I want to have so many voices of different practices so that you can hear the, the stories of why something is sacred and you can understand and you can learn and you can appreciate the person who gets to use that and how they do it if they share to choose that. And you can understand the parameter of which you can go out and practice all of these different fucking things. Yeah. I, and I would much rather hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, than, you know, a, a white person being like, you're not supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Like it helps me to know, but I feel like what you're saying, they deserve their own voices, you know? However, it's not always their responsibility to educate everyone. You know, Correct. we have, have to do our own due due dil, uh, due diligence. There's that speech thing I was telling you about, but yeah, totally agree. I don't think it's everybody's responsibility. I do know that there are people who make it their point to be like, I want to educate on this. And those are the people that I want to find and be like, you want to educate on this. And I want to fucking be educated and help others. Not like, it, like it's hurtful to people. And so that's what I, I just want to help the people. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's hard to not only figure out your own practice, but be informed, correctly informed on other cultures and other people's practices. Because it, even with your own practice, it's going to be a never ending like journey to learn everything. You're not going to learn everything in one lifetime at all. Correct. Correct. I also, um, something too is I think that when people think of closed practices they always think of it being different races and different cultures and whatever but there is and like oh well if I like I'm seeing somebody white do it so it's like okay there are Appalachian um mountain magic like you have to be born into that shit and you have to be like initiated into that and like that's its own thing too so the stereotypes that also get put into the witchcraft community of it being a color-based thing is really ignorant and that's something I, I want to say too because People are so trepidatious if they see the color of somebody's skin, but you're not trepidatious if you just about the practice itself. Right. It, in a closed practice, it's 100% something you have to be initiated into or born into, like you said. Totally. Yeah. And something else that people get in a route up about is if you're researching a closed practice and like you're white researching an ATR or something. And suddenly that's like a, a hot topic. Researching this closed practice isn't closed. <laughs> I don't, people just jump to conclusions on the internet though. People jump to conclusions on the internet and you can only have, this bugs me too. And this is what gets me about witch talk. You only have three minutes to say what your point of view is on something. And I will watch somebody try and over-explain themselves. And I'm like, I understand what they're trying to say. And then somebody comes back and they clearly hadn't listened to what was being said. And then it's just a shame thing. 
And where is the line of like, people can make mistakes and be like, I was fucking ignorant and I'm working on that. And, you know, or I made a mistake on something and I'm learning how to do differently. And that can be forgiven instead of it being their entire personality. Right, exactly. And that's kind of part of my problem on there when I make videos is I try so hard to be Lincoln Park. Sorry, I immediately had Lincoln Park flash in my I try so hard to be inclusive. And when I say like, if you work with a deity or an archetype or an energy, like it's exhausting to be that, to try that hard to be inclusive. Cause I know everyone that follows me, some of them are theistic, some of them are atheistic. Like, however, when you say something, if you say, you know, the goddess hell or whoever, just as an example, I can filter what you're saying to my level of understanding and apply it to my life. Like, even if I was atheistic, if you said the goddess, blah, 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 I'm not going to get offended by that. And I'm not necessarily going to apply it as a goddess. I'm going to apply it as the mental archetype. Yeah. No, everyone else's level of understanding isn't that way. So I literally exhaust myself re-saying the same thing over again, just so I don't have somebody in my comment section say, well, actually, and I'm like, did you not hear anything I just said? It's frustrating. People, I think, who do not make uh, comment or content to be judged don't really understand how much goes into it because it's not just putting a video up there. Like those of us who are specifically trying to be inclusive and not offensive and to be educational about things, um, we really are particular about the way that we say things and we think about how people are going to absorb this information. And I know that for me, I get frustrated when somebody comes back and they, I'm like, how do you get so confused about such a transparent message? And how do you fuck up what somebody's energy and intention is when I have videos and videos and videos and videos of consistent fucking energy, not meaning to be offensive? How are you going to take one thing and then make me a villain? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And it's hard to kind of be as inclusive, but like also kind of be yourself, like in a way without having to alter too much, you know? Yeah, it's, um, how do I, it's the, for me, it's the art of respectfully saying my viewpoint because inside my mind, shit sounds real different before I like filter it through. So I'm myself. <laughs> But I'm also not like, fuck your mother, you know, which is what I want to say. But instead, I'm like, I don't really like your opinion on that. <laughs> Some I just won't even respond. I'm getting better at that. Like, and I'm getting to the point now where I'll just watch people like get mad in my comment section and argue just to boost the video. Like, I'm not even going to block you. I just need you to boost my video. Just stay mad, whatever. I fucking love that energy. Um, and it's like, you're using, you're using their energy and you're manipulating it to work for you. And I'm always like, <laughs> sucker, like the people who also too, like with your comment section too, whenever there's somebody having a negative thing to say, there's a bunch of positive messages underneath that comment. And they're like, excuse the fuck out of you. Yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of them, I don't really even, especially with last week's Dramageddon thing I'm like I'm not even gonna let that y'all don't exist there's for one comment negative one there's literally a hundred positive ones that's right um and 
you're doing something on your page where you bring a lot of information to things um, and you bring different viewpoints on them too. Like you don't just come to the table with a subject and saying, and there's this, you go, and then there's also these other opinions on it and there's these other opinions on it, but I kind of align with this one. And so it gives people the option to see that there's all of these different things that they could choose to believe in if they wanted to, but that this is what you align with and why. And I vibe with that. Yeah. And that's that's why I try to be as inclusive as possible to say, you know, it could have been a spirit. It could have been science. It could have been whatever. I'm giving you all these options of the possibilities. I align with this one. Let me know if you align with this other one so we can relate to each other. Yeah. 100%. That's why I, vibe. I, I try to do the same thing. Um, I don't go at things. Um, how do I say this? I don't discuss my personal things as much as like you do, um, where you're very open about like, this is how you practice and the things that you like and the things that you personally believe in. And I try to be more, um, like these are the things that you could do without saying exactly what I do because you open yourself up. Like I see it on your page. You open yourself up to so much different energy and criticism on something that's nobody's fucking business because you share vulnerable things like that about yourself. Mm -hmm. Whether it's about my craft or the whole jail story thing or anything like now, obviously there are certain things that I just don't put online, but in general, Ooh. To me, the last year, year and a half of using TikTok like that has been kind of therapeutic, really. Like with discretion, you know, but it's kind of helped me in a way. It It's really therapeutic to be making content and you'll watch your own videos evolve as like different stages of your life are. I can watch a video from last year and be like, oh shit, I was a lot thinner last year. And then I'm like, oh, do you know why I was a lot thinner last year? Because I wasn't eating and I was so stressed out about like people's opinions and, and whatever else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, seeing you evolve and grow. Sometimes I'm gonna be honest with you. I'll get embarrassed about shit I post yesterday. And I'm just like, whatever, <laughs> don't leave it on. I don't care, whatever, it's fine. It's I do that too. It's always the video that ends up taking off and you're like, oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, like, I think my most popular video was um, when Hocus Pocus 2 came out and that lady was worried about demons coming through her TV. And I said, you gonna worry about some demons? You know how hard it is to summon a demon or something like that whole damn time I've got coffee tongue and I just woke up half a million views let me just crawl in a fucking hole like you said I got coffee tongue no I, I've gotten videos where I've been so fucking stoned I'm cross-eyed and yeah. and I'm over here like oh fuck I should delete that and it pops off and I'm like I am stoned in my closet right now. I didn't put any effort into this shit. And you don't give me this interaction on shit. I fucking focus my energy on. <laughs> put work into, and it's like a thousand views or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Fuck that shit. Um, okay, so the, the place that we left off on your story, you would come out to your mom. You had kind of branched into your diving in about your own spirituality. And that's where we entered in with Wicca mm -hmm. and went off so, on a tangent. 
So around the age of 18 is when I got into Wicca. I came out as being gay. Uh, I think my brother is 20, 21-ish around this time. So two years pass, just kind of normal, you know, every everything in my life is normal. Two years pass, 20, and my car at cabins. Okay. So I'm just gonna go ahead and go over the story, quick fire, whatever. On the interstate, I want to say it was a Wednesday or something, but it was during the middle of the day, kind of late afternoon on the interstate. I'm trying to get over last minute. I'm speeding, driving way too fucking fast, like 80 or 90 miles an hour, driving too fast. I get over behind this person last minute, lose control of my car, straight through the median. And when I came to the car seat, like, you know how your seat is normally like that? My seat was all the way down and I'm looking at the, the ceiling of my car and I'm covered in dirt and like all my windows are broken in and all this stuff. Pause. I had never even had a flat tire, much less a car wreck in my life up to this point. Had never been in trouble with the law, had never even been to the principal's office. Okay. Like were, you on, I, were you on the influence or anything when you were driving or it was just a complete hundred percent sober. 100% sober, just speeding too much, driving to 20 years old, Lady Gaga, not paying any fuck of attention to anything and lose control. I come to and I'm seeing the ceiling of my car and I'm kind of covered in dirt. And I'm thinking that I just flipped my car in the median because there's dirt on me and all types of shit. Until I hear, and I will never forget this. This is one of those things you'll never forget. I hear somebody scream, go check on the other people. There's a lot of blood. And somebody like busted through my window or whatever and grabbed my wallet, I guess, to get my ID. And they used the They didn't even check on you. They just grabbed your ID. No, they just grabbed my ID. And I'm I'm sitting here screaming. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm in complete shock. And at the time, I was headed to meet one of my boy, one of my boyfriends. I had one boyfriend. <laughs> Let me just clarify. It was monogamous, at least on my part. And I'm headed to meet him for some Subway for lunch or whatever. It's always Subway. So I come to and my left ankle is broke. It's the size of a fucking softball. The left ankle's broke. But other than that... I had a couple scratches on me. I was, I didn't have anything wrong besides my ankle being broke. They cut me out of the car, put this neck thing on me, put me on a stretcher. And this is something that I'm so fortunate about to this day. Now I've seen pictures of the aftermath of the wreck of my car, their car, all that stuff. But when they took me out of the car, the only thing that I seen was the clouds. I did not see anything around me. In hindsight, 2020, I'm really fortunate about that. But they put me in the ambulance. They said, you want to go to Decatur or Huntsville? And they said, well, they're going to Huntsville. I said, mate, I want to go to Decatur. I don't want to go to the same hospital. So we go to Decatur and they're asking me questions. Do you know what day it is? Do you know what your name is? I'm in such shock that I didn't even know what my fucking name was like. Anyways, we get through that, get me to the hospital. I get out of the hospital about two weeks later and I've got a cast on, whatever. We're going to the store and 
some old lady was like, hey, what happened to your leg? And I said, oh, I got into a car wreck. You know, the wreck that just recently happened. She like frowned at me and then looked at the ground and then turned and walked away. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of a rude weirdness. Pause. Let me backtrack a little bit. They didn't tell me until two or three days after the car wreck that somebody passed away in it. Because I remember being in the room and they kept my TV off because it was all over the news when it happened. This is back June 1st, 2011 is when this car wreck happened. So they kept my TV off and I kept kept remembering asking the nurse, hey, how are the other people? How are the other people? And, oh, it's fine. Let's just worry about you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't find out till two or three days later that three people passed away and one person was like critically injured in that car wreck. And like, I didn't say anything. I stared at the fucking wall for days. Like I could, I couldn't even process that. It, that'd be hard for anyone. And me being 20 years old, yeah, never even had a flat tire. And I just, killed a whole car full of people anyways so we get past that and probably three or four months go by and I've had a hundred different phone calls with the insurance companies and all that stuff I start hearing rumors that I was going to get arrested or indicted or any of this stuff and I was like for a car accident so probably I want to say it was November there's a knock on the door and my mom at the time worked night shift and I was just waking up. So it was early. And I don't know if you've been arrested or not, but cops have a very particular knock, especially when, especially when they're serving papers or warrants. I opened the door and two cops are standing right there. Are you Turlington? And I said, yes, sir. Come on with me. And they start reading me all my rights and all this stuff. They're handcuffing me, and my mom is just getting up. She had just got off work. She was trying to go to sleep. She gets back up, whatever. Two cops walked up, surrounded our house, walked around our house at gunpoint. Four cops total walked me to this fucking cop car. Unnecessary. The drama. The drama. (laughs) (laughs) Um. However, the charges that they had written down that I was indicted for, brace yourself, three counts of reckless murder, murder, one count of assault first. They viewed my vehicle as the weapon. So, and my mom is sitting there screaming to them, this was a car accident. It's not like he mowed down a CVS pharmacy or something. And they're saying, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know, blah, blah, blah. We can only go by these charges, whatever. So I'm Oh, so they're coming to pick you up like you're a fucking crazy ass murderer. Actual murderer. Yes, exactly. Okay, that explains. I was like, they were just excited. Their dicks were hard getting you arrested. And I couldn't figure out why. That's why they thought you were fucking Bundy. Yeah, exactly. So I get in the cop car, we get to the jail, I bond out. My bond was $85,000, first of all. I bond out and we go to this lawyer in town and literally we probably sat there for about an hour talking to him and the only thing that he wanted to talk about was the fact that I was gay 
and it was Alabama. And if you go, if you go to court, when when you go to court, blah blah blah, you need to act straight, be presentable, and all this that and third, blah blah blah. Me being gay has absolutely nothing to do with this car accident, like at all. But it's Alabama. You were just thinking about dicks and buttholes, and you crashed your car, and <laughs> right, right. So we court over that for four years. It kept getting put off and kept getting put off and kept getting put off. Well, my way of thinking is if you've got all of this quote unquote evidence to slap some serious ass fucking charges on somebody, why is it taking half a decade to convict them? But the court system in general is insanely slow. Like, So how long were you in jail for this? So finally we went and he said, here's, here's an offer, blah, blah, blah. I said, let's sign, let's sign. I'm ready to get this shit over with. Because when my car had happened, I was in college, had just a normal 20 year old. So I signed some papers and did four years day for day. However, the first year I was on um, trustee for the jail. So we would be like, mopping up you know bloody fights and like cleaning up shit in the drunk tanks and like stuff like that right the last three years i was in jail i was on work release which meant i got to leave the jail and go work and make money and the jail would get 25 percent of that cut and then you know whatever the job that i worked at was this little mom and pop um restaurant and i was a cook making barbecue but while I was in there, I paid off my student loans. I fixed my credit, like saved up this money, like made all these plans for when I got out, you know. Like a responsible felon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, exactly. But I seen so many people in and out, in and out, in and out. And a lot of them would be in the, the church circles or prayer call, prayer call is what they say. And then I'd see them again a week later for things that are far nefarious than my little car wreck and when i say little i'm not trying to demand, take away from the lives obviously but it's a car accident that could have very well happened to anyone yeah but um while i was in jail is when my kind of going from wicca to something else shifted now after my car wreck happened that four-year period i kind of stayed away from spirituality altogether and I went buck ass, depressed, crazy, wild, like drinking and tried to kill myself twice. Ended up in the ICU both times over it. Therapy, you name it, I've done it. Well, I'm glad that you're still here. I'm too, honestly. And where I'm at now, hindsight 2020, the car wreck and all of that stuff has kind of made me into who I am today. And how do I word this? It's, it's a weight that I have to shift and carry the rest of my life, but I'm here to help people. And I've got a story to tell, you know, yeah. and I'm not, uh, the people that pass in that, like, I don't want them to have passed in vain or feel upset about it. Or there was already too many people's lives that were ruined. There's no need to ruin another one, you know? I agree. And also you shouldn't stop living your life because of that. Like you, there's nothing that you can do really that 
can change anything that happened. You can't go back in time. You can't change it. And you do, you lose another soul if you let it take you too. Mm-hmm. But I can understand, I mean, I can actually not understand, but I can try to imagine the mental anguish of knowing that like you were involved in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, it's not only the people's lives that passed away. It was the, it was the charge. It was me being in the news as a criminal. And it was, you have the possibility of life sentences and doing all this time. And once I got in jail, once I finally signed in papers and woke up on that rack, that metal ass cold rack, um, I started reading books on Satanism and Luciferianism. And that's when my mindset shifted from Wicca to kind of something that's more left-hand path-ish because I was like, you know what? Accident or not, I'm the person that put myself in here. And it's my responsibility to hold myself accountable and be as proactive and constructive as I can be while I'm in here with this time that I have. So not only with paying off my stuff and saving up money and like physical monetary things like that, going to work every day, I had to put in the work on the inside while I was there. And so that's kind of why my belief system shifted more towards Satanism because Satanism is more of an inward, like you are your own divinity. You make your own choices to be as badass as you want to be. And that's kind of why my mindset shifted to, to Satanism while I was in there. Cause I, I was the person that put myself in there. I'm the person that's got to get myself out. I think it's hilarious the way that people are about like Satan and all this shit and it being like the, just the stereotypical bullshit. I th- I play on that shit so fucking hard. I make satire content about that all the time. I have merch with that side satire comment or content because it's hilarious to me because if anybody actually took the time to even look at Satanism in any way, it's everything that you just said. And it's all about like, you know, everybody's shouting like my body, my choice about things. And they don't do any research on Satanism, which is what that stands on. Oh, 100%, 100%. Now there is some theistic Satanists and they're valid as anyone else is, but most of them don't believe in Satan or God or any of that stuff. It's just a way to live your life and be, uh, what's where I'm thinking of, um, autonomous body, body and, um, self-respect, standing up for yourself, standing up against injustices, corrupt societies, corrupt um, leaderships, stuff like that. That's 100% satanic. I wonder what witches were doing back in like the Western days, because you know we were existing. And I just wonder like, what were we doing? Because I can't imagine there being just like apothecaries out in the open like it is now or like occult stores. And so I just, I want to know what they're doing. Sex magic for sure witches and those folks were probably in the brothels and like the seedy part of towns and that's what i think i think it was one of those like do you want to go down this door or this door over here like when you wink you know i have always said and i've i've said this my entire life i know that i was a madam in a brothel (laughs) i am a thousand fucking percent sure you can't tell me that i'm wrong I know for a fact that I was a madam in a fucking brothel 
and it makes my soul so happy. And it's something that like, if I could safely do it now, I would absolutely still be doing that. I would be yeah. pimping the hose for so, giving them like, have you ever seen, um, it's a Dolly Parton movie, greatest little whorehouse in Texas. I've heard of it. I have not seen it. I've heard of it though. We haven't lived. So I need you to go watch that movie <laughs> because I watched that as a kid and I was like, that is me. Like I've done this. And that is, if I could do it now, I would. I do love Dolly though. So I'm gonna have to watch it. My Nana used to watch. So uh, my Nana is Christian science and she is super like to everybody else. She's like very, um, like straight laced and she doesn't like, you know, no nonsense, but with me, she's always been different. So she used to watch like greatest little whorehouse in Texas with me. And she'd tell me about stuff like when she got divorced and started having boyfriends and like behind the scenes shit. And we've, mm-hmm. and my mom, she still is like, I can't believe that you got her to like watch that movie with you that she does that. Now, would your granny do any of those things that grannies did like with the, um, they'd get their necklace and put a ring on it and do the pendulum over the pregnant women's stomach and stuff? No, Christian science doesn't do stuff like that, but she's funny because, um, she's a, she's a total healer. So anytime that like my son was ever sick when he was a baby, I would take him over to her house. And even though I don't believe in like her religious views, she's a healer and she would always make him better. And she heals people by like making food and making tinctures and things like that. And so it's always been, it's just fucking hilarious to me that people do witchcraft in real life or what's considered, you know, witchcraft and that, they totally don't even realize it and have a mindset about, you know, like I'm fucking so strange to people. And I'm like, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it is down here in the South. Like a bunch of little old grannies doing witchcraft and that like they'll openly condemn it and talk down on it. But I'm like, you were, you just had a pendulum over that pregnant woman's belly. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) There was this video I saw, I almost stitched it. I did stitch it and then I deleted it and I was like, I'm not going to post it because I was going in, but it was this uh, pastor who had gotten scrap pieces of wood. He had ripped up pieces of a sermon that he had written. He had incense and, and somebody stitched it and they're like, so you're making black salt. So you're doing witchcraft. So are you going to give any credit to the religion or spiritual, spiritual practice that you took that from? Cause it's from pagans. Mm Mm-hmm. I see stuff like that and I want to respond so bad, but like, I just automatically file it away as satire because I'm like, surely you can't be serious right now. Cause my luck, I'll say something about it and start bitching. And then somebody's like, he's joking. Obviously this one time, this is unrelated, but kind of related. Somebody on one of my Facebooks, it was a copy pasta. Do you know what a copy pasta is? Basically, it's apparently something that you copy and paste and post as your status, and it's something so absolutely fucking absurd that, like, those pages that if you have a tattoo, you're going to hell. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody posted one about like being a gamer and like real gamers don't play Animal Crossing and blah blah blah, and like I something about that just triggered me. (laughs) And then somebody's like literally they're joking and I was so I had to delete the person because I was so embarrassed (laughs) so when I see stuff like that on TikTok I try not to even respond to it because I just think they're joking 
surely you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> surely you can't. Sure. I've seen comments like that. I, you have to be joking. This isn't, yeah. I yeah. can't tell if the satire is so good right now. Uh, <laughs> but, there, but you know what, too? There are times when, like, it doesn't matter how sarcastic I am in a video. And, like, I think I'm dripping fucking sarcasm. And there is no way. That Witches Get It series that I do, I'm like, very funny. surely you guys have to fucking think that this is a joke. I get people, like, I would never do moon water that way. Of course you can use crystals like that. Why are you putting those in your bra? Oh, no. Uh, these are the ones that you can drink. Let's be educational. I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Please <laughs> leave me the fuck alone. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, hate it. I, hate it. I get so much. Those videos, I get like such good feedback from those videos They're though. Relatable though they're so relatable though thanks sometimes i'm like sometimes you run out of ideas and you know what i mean like you got so many good things and then it'll be it'll be a second and then i'll get all of these ideas that pop into my mind and i'm like i'm gonna destroy these concepts today yeah yeah i have to sometimes like when i see a comment of a good conversation i'll have to save it in my drafts for later because otherwise i'll forget about it or i have to jot it down in my notes out yeah i do that i used to think like you know so watching eminem and stuff growing up and watching how he would like write down his lyrics about things and he would get things from his mind out to the paper that's when I started like journaling and getting things down. And that's been really helpful for content creation because any crazy ass idea that I had that I used to write down, I can like go back and look at those ideas and I'm getting more comfortable right now with like, like I haven't ever been very silly on my page. I've more been like, this is what I believe in. And so I've been trying to have more of my personality and all of those things that I wrote down are like super goofy things about my personality and so I've tried to incorporate that energy into doing that video series and so I like that people vibe with it because I feel like it's the like I don't know that's like me right yeah I totally I totally I, I like it I get it I want to do something similar not not the what witches do or what we think we do but I want to do something that's just ignorant and silly because like normally when I'm talking to you in my videos or whatever it's just I'm already kind of silly anyways unless it's like a serious video and I'm like we're being serious <laughs> you know but yeah I want something a series that's just downright ignorant and silly I just haven't thought of it yet I'm going to though yeah you are and it's gonna be so fucking good it's gonna everybody's gonna vibe with it I like like I like my demon series but it's not getting as much traction as I thought it would, but at the same time, the people that are engaged with it are learning and we're vibing and we're exchanging ideas. So to me, that's a win. Even if it's a couple people, one person, I don't care. Like, I just like to talk about stuff and exchange ideas with people. Because if you notice, a lot of my videos are responding to people's comments and I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. And then I'll be elaborating on it from this point of view. And then I'll flip it up and be at this point of view at the end of the video. That's part of my problem, too, is I'm devil's advocate. So I do that, too. But you got to you got to channel that energy and that thing that you know about yourself 
And you got to channel that to turn it into a strength. Like I know that I'm really, um, like I like to understand people and I don't like to, I'm not like a super, super deep connection person. I'm more of like, a, I want to be like friends and like vibe with everybody and just like learn about them. So I do a podcast because like Gemini, Gemini and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, you know what, that's why I adopted that as like, um, like my name because it describes my personality and there's no way that like, you know, when you're picking like, well, what for me, it's, it was a branding thing because I have multiple podcasts and I do different things and I needed one thing that was going to be able to be consistent between all of that and like be its own identity. And so I have Gemini and that's like, I don't know my personality for when I'm like doing other things and I vibe with it. Yeah, which is 100% a Gemini trait. You said my personality when I'm doing other things. And when you say other things, you literally mean like 38 other things at one time. Yes. Like- <laughs> yeah, I um, it's funny because I was talking recently about um, hiring like a manager or like somebody who can assist with things, but also like get back about opportunities and stuff that are coming in. And my husband's like, okay, so you're going to need to sit down and you need to write down all of the things that you do and the things that you have coming up and the way that you would want somebody to take over that responsibility. And so I sat down and I started writing my list. And then I was like, a responsibility in this that I trust somebody else taking on. And I couldn't have one fucking thing. I'm like, I will do a million fucking things and you will not touch it. Right. Right. (laughs) With certain things, if you want it done the right way or a certain way, it's best just to do it yourself. I totally agree. I've tried hiring people for things. And like, I've had good experience with hiring people for things, but I've also been like, okay, so now that I've seen somebody do it, how I would want it done. Like I've seen you take my, I have a hard time getting what I'm imagining and putting it out into production. But if somebody can creatively take that idea for me and make it into a thing, I'm like, oh, once I've seen it, I know how to do it. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I get it. So there we are. That's a long. I'm with my business thing that I'm trying to get off the ground and the tarot card readings. And first of all, us just doing this Zoom call, I felt like such a fucking boomer. No offense if there's boomers watching. I'm just. I am terrible with technology, like this whole getting my link tree situated was a whole ordeal, like a whole day ordeal. And I'm you know like, what you got to do is you got to, here's the secrets. When you have those ideas that come into your mind, literally write them down and make it a checklist for yourself because I will go like when I needed to set up my link tree, I was like, okay, I'm spending the time right this second to set this up. I watched a YouTube video. I watch a YouTube for fucking everything. Cause I'm not going to waste my time trying to fuck around with it. Yep. Um, and I do that. I check one thing off at a time. Something else that'll help you is utilizing TikTok for instructional things for yourself. Like there are a lot of people who talk about like, branding strategies and marketing strategies for yourself and um also if you're wanting to do like tarot and stuff for collective readings I did a couple of different classes because I was able to see the different energy of the people teaching it 
helped me to understand how to read it to people, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I got ideas for days. We could make, we could have a whole pot. I've been thinking about doing a, like a little class or something for people who are like wanting to start podcasts or, you know, branding their whatever, because I think that there's not enough people who do that, who are actually trying to learn as they go. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's kind of partly why I put off like the tarot card reading thing for so long. And I'm about to be green light go on my TikTok page, on my Facebook to kind of the people I know more personally, I've already kind of gave them the green light. I have five readings scheduled for Monday already. And I just said something about it today. So I'm kind of nervous about giving the green light on TikTok because I don't you have a website. I don't have a website yet, but it's funny you mentioned that because we just got something in the mail today from, um, it's one of those places, is it in here? I got a suggestion. You make a website on. Uh, I love GoDaddy. I -hmm. will rep GoDaddy all day, every day. I pay, I think I pay $30 a month or something like that. I have, and that's because I also have a store on there. You, if you're ever going to have merch, you post it on there. They do all the payments for you. They do all the things. I will, I can teach you how to do that. I can teach you the company for merch too and help you integrate it. Um, now, do they keep the, like all the merchandise and all that stuff in a warehouse somewhere and then ship it out from there? So, so what I do is I have people order my merch through my website, but then I go and I place the order with my merch company and they ship everything out. Okay. And there are, there are, um, merch, there is companies that go daddy partners with that do make merch, but I like my shit custom made and I want my stuff soft and I like, I want quality. And so I use a different company to actually send my merch out, but I get my sales through GoDaddy. Okay. You can schedule your readings that way. You customize your entire website. You it's super um, interactive and easy to do. Like GoDaddy's the way to fucking go. I'm gonna have to look into that. Advice. Yes, because <laughs> I have no. I'm just guessing. To be honest, we're just guessing the whole thing. I'm guessing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'll help you. Cause I have a girl who, um, she does all my merch. So like, this is a Covenant of rejects merch and she designed like this planchette. I love, yes. I love the planchette. And then I there's sweatpants, but she designed all of it. And then we just put the, and she's has really affordable prices for her graphic designs and she'll put anything in your brain onto paper. I got you. Okay. Good. I got you. Yeah. I need to make some Lilith Sun shirts. Yeah, you do. You need to, with your video that you're going to do, you should totally do like catchphrases for yourself in those videos. And that way you can put those onto merch. Well, one of them um, that somebody, a few people have used, I don't think it's a lot. I want to say it's maybe like 50 videos or so is the, it's giving closet. It's, it's, it's giving grinder. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love it. I'd buy it. I need to make a shirt with that on there. I like it. What things right now are you kind of gravitating to in your practice? Uh, 
I would say the demons really that which the demon series for me, it was kind of a new year resolution tied into incorporating it into TikTok and kind of tying it into a possible business thing down the road. But I would say working with the infernal, um, also Norse, I've been drawn to my Norse roots. So that's something else that has shocked the hell out of me because I've never been drawn to the Norse pantheon. I've studied Odinism a little bit, um, but it, it just never resonated with me like at all. The whole ancestor work thing didn't resonate with me up until the last couple of weeks. And I've been deep diving into that. And so I've been pulled in directions 2023 that I would have never thought I would have before in my spirituality. That's dope. I love that. Yeah. So it's exciting, but I can tell that it's going to be something good for me because it almost like almost makes me nervous in a way, like in anxious kind of, because when I personally feel anxious about going out and doing something, whether it's starting my business, the tarot card thing, um, working with demons or these spirits over here or studying whatever, I can tell that there is a lesson to be learned there. There's something that I can benefit from just on the other side of that fear. So to me, I can tell I'm on the right path if I feel a little anxious about it. Diving into Norse mythology is so much like I've had some people who were on the podcast who um, were Norse pagan or they were like really interested in Norse stuff. And just hearing them talk, I'm like, I'm overwhelmed at the amount of information that can be stored in people's brains. <laughs> yeah, it is a whole lot. And not only reading like the poems and stuff that they have associated with that religion, it's now we've got to study the magic that's associated with it, the runes and like the different deities and spirits and what they think happens when you die. And like, there's so much to read and study over. And then you've got to formulate your own opinion on it and decide this is valid for me. This isn't, this is valid, you know, with any religion. Yeah. I, um, I'm teaching that. So like I was saying, I, I teach a class and yesterday we had our second week. And what we talk about is um, like researching different interests, different gifts, different things like that, so that you can break down what you're interested in learning about in your, for your craft. And I talk a lot about different sources that you research from and checking a lot of different areas so that you can see the different points of view when you're going to be putting that into your craft and incorporating your own spirituality into that. I think it's, I think it's really important. And I like that you keep bringing that up about your own craft, about how you have all of these different interests and things. And, you know, you're, you're diving into learning about Norse now when that hasn't been an interest. And I think it's important for people to see practices that evolve and it doesn't always have to be the same thing. That is primarily why I just labeled myself or I go by just witch, which has carried me from Wicca to Satanism, to agnosticism, to Norse. It just, it carries me through everything. I feel like it's such a, it's a powerful term, but it can kind of apply to anything magically speaking, you know, regardless if I want to be Wiccan or Satanic or whatever, you know? I only call myself a witch because I have to put some kind of a name in some way 
for people to understand and recognize the energy I'm coming at it with, you know, like I'm not a spiritualist and I'm not, you know, whatever, like I would be considered a witch. So for you to understand me, I have to at least put this rough label on myself so that you can understand. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes it to where, oh, there's someone else that's like me. We can exchange information. But at the same time, it kind of also pisses off the people that can't look past superficial things like titles, like yeah. back to Satanism, for instance, if we took the word Satan out of Satanism and I just gave you a list of their beliefs, 99% of the population, I'm sure would be like, oh yeah, this is great. I can live by all of this. But you attach the word Satan to it and suddenly it's a problem. Those people that find a problem with it are superficial. They can't look past the surface. And that weeds out people that aren't worthy. I think that just like they're trying to have religion, I mean, it lets it, it's always been integrated, but if we're going to keep on trying to push religion being inside of school systems, they should also be teaching about paganism and they should also, you know, and also other religions that kids at school have, because it's not just Christianity. Like we have people here who um, are all different kinds of uh, Jewish and all different kinds of things. My son's school actually, um, I forget what holiday it was, but they, they celebrated a Jewish holiday at school and they gave all this information out from one of the, um, synagogue that's next door to their school. I think it's called a synagogue. Um, and I thought that was fucking dope. Yeah. Someone at that school got mad that they were educating, um, or no, it was the high school through this huge fucking fit on the next door app about how they were um, teaching about the Salem witch trials in school. And she's a Christian woman and she doesn't need her. I went off in those fucking comments on next door. And I'm like, it says what street I live on. Come find me. Like I was so mad. I am here waiting. (laughs) I was like, I will go down to that school. My thing with uh, like religion and schools is if we allow one, we need to allow them all. Like you said, if we're going to teach about Christianity, if we're going to, you know, take an hour out of this eight hour period or however long they're in school now to say we're going to teach about Christianity, you need to be teaching about paganism and Jewish people and, and everyone or yeah. don't teach about it at all. One or the other. Yep. That's a, I. I just did this, uh, one of the Witches Get It series that I, I think it was the last video that I did was making fun of the fact that people say that this country was founded on Christianity because I'm like, well, I mean, first of all, it wasn't founded by anybody who says that they founded the country. But second of all, um, it was to not have religious persecution and to have freedom of choice and to not be ruled and whatever. And so it, this country actually wasn't. And in God, we trust is like what, since 1955. Yeah. It's relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Suck my dick. I had this conversation with my husband about a week ago and I was like, you know what America is? America is satanic. And not like this stupid shit we're seeing on Facebook about, oh, all these people are in red, we're going to be upset about it. If you think about how America was founded, they said, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And we're out, we're dipping. Everything that you just said is satanic. Yep. 
Satanists speak out against corrupt authority. They're about freedom of choice. And that is how America was founded. That is extremely satanic. That's not Christian. Sure. Well, there's a, come on now. There's a lot of things that are Christian that aren't Christian. Get out of here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. Um, What is something that you would want somebody listening to take away from your episode if they could take one thing away? I think probably for this episode, at least with me touching base on my car, my car wreck story in jail and spirituality and coming out of the closet is it's going to get better. Give it a little time, but it's going to get better. Like just because your world is ending today doesn't mean it's going to end tomorrow. The sun is going to gonna rise you're going to make it. Now, if you're upset about something, be upset about it. Be angry, cry, scream, punch walls. If your name is Chad, I don't care, but it's going to get better. I promise you 100%. And at least for me and my situation, I'm living proof of that. I'm also living proof that anybody could go to jail. So (laughs) side note, (laughs) jail does not discriminate so just jot that down (laughs) dude I fucking got I got pulled over okay I don't think I've told this story on the podcast yet so I was at the gas station I got my son from school I was at the gas station um I'm I was buying my husband beer and I was leaving and the girl's like oh this register is like broken right now like we've been having issues with it whatever and I was like okay no problem and I see the girl behind her is like on the phone and she's looking through like security um picture security valence pictures or whatever and um I was like no problem so I'm like chit-chatting this girl and she looks hella stressed and I'm like don't be stressed out like shit happens like don't even worry about it like I'm not in a rush it's fine and Mm -hmm. So I leave, um, I live three minutes away from the fucking gas station. I'm pulling onto my street and this fucking cop comes up on my ass and lights me up. And so um, he walks up to my window and he's like, hey, so that Jackson's gas station, um, they have you 86 for trespassing. You've been trespassed from there. And I was like, what? And he's like, you're telling me that you're not trespassed from Jackson's. And I said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I was there this morning. Like, there's no problems. Like, I don't understand. And he goes, so you shoplifting isn't ringing a bell. You stealing stuff from Jackson's not ringing a bell. And I was like, I don't steal. Like, like what? My son is in the backseat. So this officer gets my shit. He goes to his car. My son goes, I know him. He's my friend's dad. He comes to our school and he's the, he's the officer that keeps us safe at school. And I was like, oh, whoopsie fucking hoo-ha, dude. Like, anyways, right? <laughs> he comes back. He's like, looks like um, you don't have any trespassing on your record. In fact, you don't have a record at all. And I was like, no, I, I'm like, I don't like, I've never even like had a speeding ticket. Like, get the fuck out of here. I got arrested when I was younger and I went to juvie, but that's not on my adult record. And so, right. <laughs> um, so he Never. knew I was, he knew I was like, it wasn't me. And my son recognizes him. He talks to my son for a second. He's like, he's very good at spelling. This guy was being such a douche canoe the whole fucking time, by the way. And then was treating me like I had still done it. And when I said like I hadn't been in trouble before, he's like, why don't we just try and keep it that way? 
And so I get home. Uh, first of all, I called my husband when the cop took my stuff and walked back. And I was like, I'm pulled over on the street next to our street right now. I got to go by. And so he's fucking walking down the road. When I go home, he gets in his car when he hears what happens because he parks his food truck right next door to Jackson's and he's in there every fucking day. So he like knows the managers and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he goes in and um, he's talking to the manager and she's like, I didn't know it was your wife. Cause he's like, you guys just called the fucking cops on my wife. And they're like, oh, we didn't know it was your wife. Oh my gosh. And he's like, it doesn't matter if you know it's my wife. Like you can't. Person. The cop comes in, pulls my husband outside, asks him for his ID. And he's like, do you think I committed a crime? And he goes, no. And he goes, well, then I don't need to give you my ID. And he goes, you're interfering with an investigation right now. And my husband's like, I didn't interfere with shit. He's like, I'm at the gas station because I know them. And they just called the cops on my wife. And you just accused my wife of stealing in front of my kid. And so the cop, I could have you, I can arrest you right now if I want to. You better hope that I don't find out that it is your wife who stole from here because I know where you live. And my husband's like, this is a tiny ass town. I know where you live too. What's the point? Like, God. so we left, we went home. My son. They supposedly what was stolen. Yeah. So I went, my husband and I went to Jackson's the next morning and we pulled into the gas station and he's like, what's your point here? Like, what do you, so first of all, Jackson's was dope about it. I will say Jackson's I called the corporate office and I was like, what the fuck? They gave me a gift card. Like they, the guy was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, we're going to train our staff better. If you want to go and talk to the girl who called the police on you, you totally can. And I was like, bet. So the next morning, (laughs) my husband and I went to the gas station and he's like, what's your, what's your point here? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to know why the fuck they called the cops. And he's like, no, like, you can't go in here being all angry and hothead and trying to fight people. Like that's not, I, I mean, know, but he's like, he's but... like, he's like, that's not going to resolve anything. So I was like, okay. So I went in and I was like, um, I would like to see the picture of the person that you think I was because in this tiny Idaho town, I have a really hard time believing that anybody here looks like me. Um, and so I said, I want to see that picture. And, um, I was like, I'm not going to not come into the gas station because you guys did that. Like, this is the gas station in town. I just want to know that you guys aren't going to call the fucking cops. And the lady's like, I'm so sorry. And so then she's like, the girl that called the police yesterday, she was just doing what she was supposed to. I had to come back. She was like having a breakdown, worried that we were going to fire her. And I'm like, you guys better not fire that little girl for calling the cops on your policy. Like, Like, that would be fucked up. And, um, the lady was super nice about it. I left when we came back in to get my gift card a couple of days later, they had actually put together like this whole goodie bag and they'd put like the beer that my husband buys and like the waters and snacks that I go in and get and stuff like that. That was nice. It was, they handled it super cool. That cop though, we called the chief. My husband was fucking yelling and like my husband, my son couldn't sleep because he kept thinking that his friend's dad was arresting me. And it was like a whole, like, it was a fucked up thing, but, um, I don't know. It ended up, everybody ended up being like. I think though, especially if you're a kid, cause I remember 
like if my mom got like a speeding ticket or something and a cop like i was freaking the fuck out as a kid because cops were scary and then once i had my own car wreck situation and went to jail and i sat there and talked to co's and the sheriff and lieutenants and all them most not all but <laughs> most most of those cops are just normal people like us they're just there for a paycheck not all well, of them what was fucking weird is like my husband has a food truck in town like he feeds the local law enforcement for free when they're on duty because mm -hmm. he's like like they have a stressful job whatever so he's like fed this person for free <laughs> and so then to have him do that we're just like what in the fuck like disrespectful and it's a little town like fucking get your dick hard somewhere else you don't have to yeah. how like like how would i always i always think of it and put myself in other people's shoes and like how would it feel if his wife was pulled over and not like the whole pulling me over thing whatever like he lied and said that i was speeding and that fucking pissed me off because i wasn't but aside from that you pull me over and tell me that i look like somebody who's been stealing from the gas station i'm gonna be like my fucking bad and you realize it's not me and you let me go i get why you pulled me over and why you checked it out no problem right. but you're right. gonna call me a liar and stuff in front of my kid and make him uncomfortable about it is what got me because mm -hmm. if, if your kid who knows that officer was uncomfortable when he knows him and his and that guy's friendly to him then that makes me feel like you did something that made my kid not trust you. And you're somebody who's supposed to be, that is going to be at his school in a mentorship role. Yeah. And plus kids are in tune with that shit too, of reading people, kids yeah. and animals. As your pet in a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of our, how many cats we got? Three, which I, Midnight passed away recently, but yeah. this was, she's 16. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing so much about you. And we talked about a lot of different concepts and things today. All, all over the place. Hopefully this clears up things for people. I don't know. Maybe they'll like me more. Maybe they won't like me. I don't know. I loved it though. I, I loved it. And I think that truly everything's not always going to be said in a way that makes everybody happy and everybody's not always going to jive. But I think that people were so excited about this. And I think that it's everything that they didn't know they wanted. Right. I want to be on another one. You need to have me on another one. I'll do that with you. Also, I do a uh, bonus content on Patreon. And I was actually, so I do all of these different like educational segments on there. And I think it would be dope to get you on so that we can talk about like something. We'll pick a topic. I think it would be dope for us to do something on there too. Okay. Just let me know. I will. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining me today. Um, your episode will be, I might drop the video tonight on Patreon and then drop the audio on Sunday. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to tag you in the video and um, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.